Welcome to the People First Leaders Podcast. My name is Doug Utberg, Marine Corps veteran, founder CEO of ExpenseReviews.com, and I have absolutely nothing to sell you. The purpose of this commercial-free show is to honor the leaders who approach life as go-givers by putting their people and customer value first. Stick around until the end of the show, and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in about 20 minutes. Let's go. All right, we have Glenn Poulos with us today, and what we are going to be talking about is rowing the same boat in the same direction, because this is actually keying on a little bit of a pre-show conversation we were having, which was about some of the difficulties of leadership, because sometimes you'll have people rowing in different directions or rowing different boats. But I'm going to let Glenn unpack that metaphor instead of me just uh, trying to steal all the thunder. So Glenn, please introduce yourself for a minute. Great. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. And uh, so my name is Glenn Poulos, and uh, I'm the uh, currently the vice president and general manager of a company called NWS Canada. Up until a few weeks ago, the company name was actually Gap Wireless, and uh, the Gap was sort of a takeoff on my name, GP. I had to buy a vowel, the A vowel, to, in order to make a word. And although my wife says it stands for Alyssa, right? So that argument still hasn't been, uh, you know, solved. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I ran Gap Wireless for 15 years and I sold it to uh, U.S. private equity uh-huh. and spent the next year integrating our business systems, helping them integrate another business that they bought in Canada. And then on June 1, we changed the name to their name, NWS. And so, yeah, so I'm now actually, after many, many years, this is my second business, second exit, growing two companies for 15 years each, with lots of people and uh, stories we'll talk about. And now I'm actually back to being an employee with a boss and, uh, yeah, you know, and people wondering, you know, do I, if I show up on time and stuff like that. Right. So that's kind of like a start of, you know, where I'm at right now. And I did, uh, in right around the same time I sold the business, I published my book, never sit in the lobby. And it's a book of 57 tips on how to build a business and a career in selling. Uh-huh. And so it, it's a storybook of the, uh, you know, these rules that I've made up. I have funny names for them all. And I, I do it for a reason because people tend to laugh and then they remember it. Right. Well, I think there's actually something to that because was, uh, what I've read is that the thing that triggers memories is when you have some kind of emotion attached to an event, a thing, a fact or whatever. And so, you know, this is one of the reasons why, like, for example, pop culture nerds, uh, you know, this is the reason why I can rattle off Star Wars lines, just, you know, like the, off the top of my head, uh, you know, or I can, or the reason why I can remember the reason the year when 80s movies came out, uh, just because, you know, when you have that some kind of emotion attached to something, oddly enough, it could be positive or negative, that is usually what cements that as a memory. So I think there's a method to your madness. Yeah. Yeah. And a, a few of the rules I <laughs> I named after people that were made, made the rules, and oftentimes they were rules like, don't follow this rule, right? So I had to change the name to protect the guilty. But yeah, along the way, I mean, the company that I sold in February of 2022, we were about 40 people. It wasn't a seamless run from 2007 to 2022. There were lots of ups and downs. We're kind of in the tele, well, not kind of, we are in the telecom industry, the wireless industry, and it tends to follow the Gs, right? 2G, 3G, 4G, 5G, right? Hopefully 6G comes. And through that, your business would sort of change wildly during the boom and bust of the cell phone companies, right? And so our, you know, at one point, uh, our business grew all the way up to 80 people, yeah. but then shrank to 29 people at one point, and then grew back to around 40 people when we sold it. And as I had said in the pre-show when I was talking to you, was that the, 
you know, one of the key things that made a difference for our business was we put in a system and it's a very well-known system and anyone can, you know, put it in. It's called EOS, EOS. Yeah, EOS, yeah. Yeah, Entrepreneurial Operating System. And we've been in it for a few years now, but, you know, they have this concept of rowing in the same direction, yes. right? And getting the right people in the right seats and then hopefully getting us all into the right same boat and having us row in the same direction, right? And like I said, over the years, you know, we found people might've been in the same boat, but we were kind of rowing at cross purposes and they were, you know, sort of better, better place somewhere else or what have you. And one of the other things they talk about in the system is, you know, alignment with the core values of the business, right? And in our new name, yeah, our first core value is people first, right? And, and I did not pay you to say that. No, I know it's <laughs> quite a coincidence. But, you know, I feel like we do live by it. We we sort of hire, fire, motivate, train along the, you know, in line with our core values, right? And mm -hmm. so, you know, we have another one, results matter, continuous improvement, and we do hold people accountable and we reward them for the core values. And we have a system, it's called Motivosity. There's many of them out there, but where we can call out people's attention to a core value. And, and any staff member has money. They get money every month to reward other staff members on doing something, you know, that calls out one of the core values and they can give them a couple of bucks or what have you. That's nice. And, uh, yeah. And so over the years, it's taken us some time and difficult decisions of some people will come and go, what have you. And it's never easy, you know, but it's important. And looking back, you realize these are always the right decisions to make. And after a while, you know, you'll get to a point where you're like, wow, I think we really have a great team here. And but as I've learned is that, you know, you sort of get to this, like that, that point, right, of equilibrium or whatever, where it feels like, okay, I've got everybody in the right person, the right seat, you know, we're all rolling in the same direction, you know, of course, somebody grabs someone by the scruff of the neck, throws them overboard and we got to, yeah, you know, that, and, and of that's course. That's usually when there's some kind of big cataclysmic change that happens. Yeah. And uh, because of the name change, the buyout, company buying other companies, there's lots of change going on here and it's change is like just so incredibly stressful on everybody and people think like well it should be good news and but I mean even good news stresses people out you know because they don't know how they fit in and you know what's in it for them and you know you're at a perfect stasis point of everything great but then you have to readjust right and you know you got to move some move some of the deck chairs around hopefully it's not on the Titanic hopefully <laughs> that would be ideal yeah you know and then continue rowing right so we put a lot into that, right? If you don't mind, I'd like to unpack kind of the, because you were talking about kind of which direction are we rowing, which boat are we rowing, and that cross-connection to EOS. Now, I think I've read Traction. I am most certainly not an expert in EOS. I'd like to unpack that idea a little more because the one idea from EOS that I really absolutely loved was that, was basically saying that, okay, the way that you evaluate people, most companies make it way too complicated. Essentially what you do is you say, okay, what are your values? So do they get it? You know, in other words, do they understand the values? And how do you rank the person as far as living your values? Do they want the job they have right now? And are they able to do the job they have? Right. Get it, want it, GWC, get it, want it, a capacity to do it. Exactly. And then the conversation you have with them for development is, okay, assuming you still get it with the company, is there a job you want in addition to this one, or maybe even more than this one as you're continuing to grow? And how do you develop the capacity to be to do that? I just liked how simple that explanation was because I've gone through years of leading people, much like you know, a lot of the guests, and oh my God, people make it so complicated. 
because you know yeah. I, I was Intel Corp for like 18 years and their people evaluation process is unbelievably complex. Yeah. Yeah, you got to do a Myers-Briggs, then a DISC test, and then a one-on-one. Yep, rating and ranking, and then you need to have your rank groups, and you have to say, okay, well, you know, we have a certain distribution. We can't have too many high performers. Okay, we haven't hit that. We haven't hit our numbers for low performers, and you know, everybody ends up posturing back and forth. And I just yeah. impre- appreciated so, that simplicity. For your listeners, I mean, to explain how simple it is even more so is that that whole GWC thing that you mentioned and uh, core values is... That actually is a metric you're supposed to do on your people once a quarter, and it's one sheet per person, right? And it basically has the name of the person at the top and the, their seat that they're in. And what and a seat, uh, they use a, they don't use a, an org chart, they use an accountability chart, right? And they, you know, what is this seat accountable for? This seat might be accountable for operations or production or finance, you know, or sales. And in that seat, these are the five functions that they're accountable for you know, lead generation, closing deals, tracking the sales team, whatever, like for instance, and the sales one, but you put the guy's name at the top, the seat that he's in, and then you GWC him. Does he get the role? Does he understand it? Does he want that role? And does he have the capacity, right? He might get the role. He might understand it. He might want it, but he may be over, you know, kind of Peter principled, right? He's risen to his own level of incompetence and he might be better one level below. And you need to realize that. So the top of the sheet, you're doing the GWC, get it, want a capacity to do the job. And then below it are your core values. Usually there's four or five for a company. And, you know, ours are like people first, work smart, customer focus, continuous improvement, results matter. Those are ours. And you measure the people either plus, minus, plus, or plus, minus. Uh-huh. And of your, say you have five, one of them, you're allowed to be a plus, minus. Everything else you need to be a plus, meaning you need to be on the core value. You can't be plus minus is kind of like middle of the road. Minus is you don't you don't match the core value. That's not an acceptable rating. But usually there's one of them where a plus minus is allowed, and the rest of them you need to rate them as plus. And every quarter you need to go through that with your people and say, hey, look, you know, and they call it a core value call out, right? And what they end up finding over time is that uh, they fall into quadrants. And the one that's most memorable to me is the one that's a high performer and doesn't meet the core values, right? And that ends up, they call that the terrorist, right? And now they took that word out because they didn't like it in their, uh, you know, the connotation of it now. They have a new name for it. I can't remember what it was, but like the tyrant or something. But anyways, basically they just terrorize your staff and, you know, run roughshod over everyone. And they have big sales numbers and they think, or whatever, they high performer, yes. they, they figure they're allowed. And then the opposite end of the quarter is like the, like, no core values, no performance. Those are the rats. And then you got like the bunnies and something else. I'm not, yeah, don't quote me on the exact name. Yeah. But it's really funny how you can figure out, hey, I mean, I have these people and, you know, they need to up their core values or they need to up their performance or, and they do simplify it to a process that they make it so simple that it seems like almost like they're tricking you in a way. But when you throw yourself into it and you start using the tools, it can really make a difference. And the reality was, is that before we had the EOS, we only had a desire to have something, but every day it was different because we were doing everything by the seat of our pants. So in a way we didn't know what boat we were in, right? And we didn't know what our one year, you know, we have 90 day, one year, three year and 10 year targets. You know, it includes right up into your, the BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal, 10 year target. But the, the systematic meetings that you have uh, weekly, quarterly, annually, 
they help break down into your your company goals. What's my 90 days, my one year, my three year, my 10? Every meeting you update them, right? Where am I at? And it's so nice to get back on track every 90 days. Our uh, quarterly is next week. And, you know, this year in the telecom, it's down from 2022. Yeah. 2022 was kind of like one of those crazy years of absolute, you know, just mega growth. And now everyone's pulling back and, you know, sort of resetting the bar. Yeah. And so it's funny, the tech industry does that. It's either demand, 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 you know, everybody's scrambling to try to get supply. And it's like, about those orders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to be that. Yeah. Can we cancel that, those or push those out? Or Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you, yeah. you swing from like, oh my goodness, we can't fulfill orders to yeah. what are we going to do with all this inventory? And it happens yeah, exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what 2023 is looking like. And the, uh, so one might say, hey, hey, I sold my business in the good year, right? Yeah. I right. probably did pick a good year. Halfway through 2022, I thought, oh, I sold my business too early. Right. And then in 2023, I'm like, oh, I timed it perfectly. One of the things I think that you're demonstrating, which is one of the things that I believe is once you make a decision, never second guess yourself, even if it was the worst decision ever. Right. You just, just only look forward and that's hard to do, but I think otherwise you'll just beat yourself up. Yeah, for sure. And that also, especially with the people, right, is that, you know, I also belong to this sort of uh, entrepreneur mastermind group, like it's PEO leadership. There's also like tech and there's some other ones out there, right? And so once a month we get together and oftentimes people ask me, you know, or they're talking about a problem staff member as their issue for the month, right? That they want to bring to the group. And I always answer the same. I, I, I don't know why they've heard it before, but they always kind of get a kick out of it because I'm always like, there's like, well, I don't know what I should do with this person. And, you know, I don't know if I should let them go. And I said, oh, okay, well, have you ever thought about letting them go? And they're like, yeah, I go, then you're late, right? Like I said, like, the first minute you think about letting them go, the next minute you should be letting them go because it never gets better, right? A lot of times now, big companies and systems, they force you to do PIPs and performance improvement plans and whatever. But when they don't meet your core values, they're not hitting their numbers. There's, you know, it never gets better, right? And you're just putting off the inevitable. Yeah, there's a, I think it's Jimmy Patterson, a car sales guy from Vancouver who says, sorry, I got to let you go and I'm doing us both a favor, right? You know, and it sounds kind of cold, but in the end, usually you are because most of the time they land on their feet and they get a different job and hopefully it's a better fit, right? Well, especially because you figure, you know, everybody has a genius zone for them. Everybody has a place where they are going to be able to do their absolute best work. And it's most likely that if somebody's not a core values fit, that they're probably not doing their best work. Right. Exactly. And they're probably not happy at their core, right? Yeah, exactly. They're not being fulfilled. Yeah. They're afraid to lose the income, right. but they're not really engaged in what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Having gone through layoffs a couple of times, it's not fun. No, it's not. It's not no. fun, but no. you get through it. And yeah. I think sometimes it's valuable to go through it because then you can learn how to not be afraid of it. Yeah. Because when you've been employed at the same place for a decade or more, you get terrified of the idea of having to find something else. Once you go through it a couple of times, you're like, okay, it's not that bad. You know, you... In October of 2019, I uh, have a business partner in Montreal. Of course, we both the business, so he's now a co-worker. But I approached him in October of 2019, and I said, you know, we were struggling a bit in that particular market time. And I said, Mark, you know, today we have 80 people. And I said, we need to make an adjustment. And he's like, okay. And uh, he says, what did you have in mind? I said, well, on Monday, we're going to have 29. And of course, he fell off his chair, right? He's like, that's impossible. How could you possibly... And to tell the quick story, right? I mean, we 
there was a company that was interested in one of our operating groups and able to sell it kind of in a chunk and sell. I use that word lightly. I mean, it was almost give, but I mean, we were able to package up a large group of those people and move them into a more suitable business. Every one of them went with the package, all the equipment went with them and they all had jobs. Then there was another smaller group. We sold that successfully to a competitor. And then there were a few other people that were restructured out of the business. And we did go from 80 to 29. And, you know, two things happened. One, we went on to have our most profitable banner year we'd ever had with 29 people instead of 80. And we grew then even, and we improved that again in 2022. And he came to me at one point and he said, like, thank you for doing that. And thank you for making that decision. He said, not only would I never have done it, you know, if you hadn't have told me we were doing it, but in addition to that, I never would have thought of doing it, you know. And, you know, one of the things that I've realized is that when you get put in a position of leadership, your real decision is to provide decision-making, you know, especially during tough times, right? And not waver during times of adversity. That's when, you're, when your staff needs you the most and they want you to make a decision, need you to make a decision, right? And so sometimes when I'm maybe not super busy or whatever, and I think, oh, I should be doing more work. I'm the boss. I think, well, no, I just made three very important decisions. That is my job. Yes. And I did it well and I did it properly, right? And if I can make that decision in one minute instead of 30 minutes, then maybe I'll get the next 29 minutes off, right? And yeah. Well, and I think this is a trap that a lot of people, myself included, fall into, which is where if you think you're not busy doing something that you're not working. Right. Exactly. And sometimes like just completely disengaging for a half hour, an hour to you know, go on a long walk or something like that can be more beneficial than grinding through another 50 emails. Yeah. And all that stuff's built into EOS as well too. Clarity moments. And yeah, there's so many, like they've really thought it through and they give you this recipe to follow. And yeah, like I said, we wanted a system before, but we, you know, we just weren't clever enough to make one up on the fly. And after some research, we discovered this and it, it's worked out really well for us, right? Yeah. I'm not trying to turn this into a sales pitch for EOS. I'm, I'm not an affiliate. I, <laughs> yeah, nor am I. Yeah. I will get nothing for if anybody listening to this goes out and hires an implementer. But at least the, the thing that, because like remember when I first came across it, I was like, well, yeah, this isn't that complicated. You, you can come up with something just as good yourself. You can. No. But the question is, how much time are you going to put into it? How are you going to generate that common language? And then how are you going to simplify it down enough to where it's executable? So when you do that, you're like, okay, well, if they've already gone through all that, why not just save the 10,000 hours of work and, exactly. and just take it off the shelf and use it? Yeah. I mean, that was the aha for me is I'm like, okay. And it's really the simplifying it down, right? Making good ideas simple is not easy to do. That's really hard work. And I think that's the thing that I liked is that a lot of their stuff is, you know, single page sheets, very exactly. simple templates. Yeah. Getting stuff to where you can do it simply is not an easy thing. In any no, it's not. No, it, that's the whole, yeah. I mean, there's lots written around, yeah, around that. It's easy to make a complicated process. We're complicated trying to explain it, but trying to explain it simply or reduce it to its simplest terms, that's the difficult part. Right? Exactly. The one area we do struggle in EOS, which we're still trying to nail, is that our process, right? Because then we have so many kind of areas of technology that we sell and one's very long term and super, uh, we have to work with the customer and send engineers and do lots of research yeah. and others are just day-to-day -day transactional things. And, you know, we try to reduce it to one process. It's really tough, right? 
and you know, they show you some examples of other companies that do different things and how they've done it. And it's, I really just commend them on their ability to get down to it and reduce it to these five steps or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, consultation, evaluation, presentation, deployment, delivery, you know, et cetera. It's that kind of a thing, right? Yeah, it's interesting how it came around to EOS here today, but it has helped us a lot, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I run out of ideas at EOS, then I'll just quote one of the 57 tips from my book. <laughs> it was a lot of my staff love to tease me about that, that I wrote this book. But it is interesting with some of the customers and, uh, you know, and competitors and other people too. And they, you know, just the, there's just a sort of a similar, just some sort of a cachet around it or whatever, right? You know, like some of the competitors have teased me about it, about a section in the book or something like that. or And they're kind of being a backhanded, it's a backhanded compliment or whatever or something. They're trying to dig at me or whatever. And I'll say like, yeah, I mean, I should really check your book and see, you know, see what your suggestion is. Just a chance for, yeah, exactly. A little, uh, little <laughs> judo sparring there. Well, it's been a wonderful conversation and I did not intend for this to be an EOS conversation, but that's sort of what it turned into. But I think it's important because at least to me, what I really took out of, out of our talk has been just the importance of having a com a simple common framework that everybody's using. That simple being that really, really, really clear or that really important part because a lot of companies have really complicated frameworks. And I think until you can make it simple, I guess this is what I found is that if something's not simple, you will not be able to execute it consistently. Yeah, that's very true. Anything that's complicated will take very smart, very long tenured people. And that means turnover will be a persistent issue because the one person leaves, everything goes into chaos until you can get someone on board and they've been around long enough to know how the complicated process is. The more you can shorten up and down that ramp up time, the easier it will be to bring new people in because if you're doing your job as a leader, people should be outgrowing their jobs. Maybe not everybody. That's not everybody's dream. But if somebody's ambitious, they should be outgrowing their jobs. And at some point, they might outgrow your company. And so if you're not set up to where you can effectively bring in new talent, then you'll be holding your people back to try to retain them, which is the exact opposite of being a people first leader. Right. Yeah, very true. Those are all really, really wise words and uh, very true. All right. Well, Glenn, it's been a great conversation. Uh, give us your last one or two thoughts and then tell everybody where they can get a hold of you. Okay. So the one thing I always love to share, if I don't get a chance to share it in the middle of the podcast or what have you, is that uh, one of the tips from my book is you only get forever to make another impression, right? And so people often laugh when they hear that and they're like, wait a minute, that's not what my mom told me. My mom said, I got to make a good first impression, right? And I'm like, yep, that's exactly right. But what I've learned working with all these people over the years is that every impression truly is a first impression in many ways. And so the example I give in the book is, you know, when your boss is walking by your desk, if he constantly sees you alt tab from Facebook or Instagram over the CRM, by the second or third time, you're a bum. And so whether you like it or not, you've made an impression. So always make a good impression, right? And so when the boss walks by, always be on point. You hear their footsteps, you hear their voice in the background. Just go into power mode and say, hey, boss, by the way, I've got this question on this deal I'm working or just something and always be making a good impression because regardless of whether it's good or not, you're making an impression. So you might as well make a good one, right? Yeah. Get a hold of me. My website, glenpoulis.com, is links to all my socials are there and really active on LinkedIn. So if you want to connect and reach out to me, I'm happy to connect and uh, talk to people on LinkedIn. 
and I'm very active there. So you'll get a hold of me, no problem. So excellent. Glenn, really, really appreciate your time. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the People First Leaders podcast. If you are a successful People First founder or CEO who would like to be on this show, please visit peoplefirstleaders.net forward slash guest. If this interview resonated, would you please share it on social media? Just take a quick screenshot on your phone and post it on your favorite social channel. Then make sure to tag me at Doug Value so I can give you and your business a shout out on a future episode. If you know somebody who'd be a great guest, please tag them on social and include the hashtag PeopleFirstLeaders. I really love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We're releasing new content and episodes all the time, so make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new episodes. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean a lot to me personally. And also, I would like to connect with you on social. My handle is at Doug Value, or you can just go to peoplefirstleaders.net where all of the links are posted. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.